This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 82, with your hosts, Andy Kirby and Jared. Jared, you wouldn't believe it, but I even practiced not saying your name. Your last name. How many times did you practice? Just just, just once mentally in my head. <laughs> Maybe out loud one time in the car. I don't know. In the car. You still said your last name. Yeah, well, yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm all, I'm all in. This. I don't need privacy. <laughs> Screw the NSA! Well, good. I'll be posting some photos after the podcast. No, 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 I don't, yeah, my, my name, you know, it's different than my visage. Oh. <laughs> gotcha, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, man? It's been a while. It has been a while. What, what's the deal? Why have we been so busy? I'm, I, you know, everything is coming to an end, and so everything's <laughs> wrapping up. We're almost done. I mean... Basically, the Marvel 616 universe has been a metaphor for my life. Oh. <laughs> so everything's coming to an end, and now we're getting to a new status quo, which is Battleworld. Oh, and is that happening in real life, too? <laughs> it seems oh, like Oh, gosh. It, it's all right. I, I have, you know, I feel, I feel relaxed, you know? Uh, as soon as we hit kindergarten graduation, that'll be done. We're going to rotate off the homeschool board. That's cool. But um, we're going to we're about to get approved for um, for foster care. So that's neat. Sweet. That's yeah. I I have experienced I you know owning my own home. I've learned a lot. I changed the wax seal on a toilet. Oh yeah, you, you told me about that? about that. Yes. And not 24 hours later, I had to buy a new well pump. I think it's a coincidence, though. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> so, I changed the, the waxy on the toilet, and uh, it's it's there was this smell, you know, and I was like, "What is this smell? Why? You know, the bathroom's clean. What's going on?" But it's been a smell, sadly, for over a year. <laughs> and uh, so I finally somebody said, well, "Why don't you change the wax seal?" I was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." <laughs> And so they told me there's a there's a wax thing that sits the toilet and makes this seal so that and I was like oh they wear out okay so took the toilet off and changed out the wax seal and I and recocked it's probably my best caulking job ever okay and uh, I'm feeling really good rejuvenated I'm on the upswing man so you're you're fine with the new battle world that you're living in now. I think for now I am. And that, I mean, as we'll talk about later, I'm sure, I think that's pretty accurate, too, with the 616. Well, so how do, you, how do you learn how to change a toilet seal? Um, I read the instructions on the box, the wax box, and uh, I think I watched a video, and that's pretty much it. I mean, that's you take I off ask. the commode. Yeah. Anything I do, I watch a video now. So. On YouTube? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I go to the uh, I go to the family video, and I rent a VHS cartridge. Uh, it's five five dollars for five minutes. I think it's a little steep, but you know how else am I going to do it? Well, I was going to suggest go to the library. 
Oh, I could save a penny or two. Or, or save a shekel. Wait, is that what y'all use down in Louisiana? Shekels? Yeah. We use yeah. we use nutria tails. Explain. Nutria tails? You, well, nutria? You do know what a nutria is? No. I mean, <laughs> it sounds a nutria tail is that some sort of vitamin? No, a nutria is a swamp rat type thing. <laughs> and you you pay with them? Well, what since well since forever? Like it's been like I don't know, like fifty hundred years. If you turn into the wildlife and fisheries a tail of a nutria, they give you five bucks. Oh, are they rare? No, 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 no. They're not rare. That's the problem. They're eating the weight, the the wetlands away, and so they want you to kill them. Oh, okay. It's all coming together now. Yeah, you're kind of like yeah, a Jonathan so- Hickman. I'm not sure what's going on, and then you wrap it up at the end. <laughs> so, so anyway, these nutria are eating away the coastline, the wetlands, if you will. They eat all the roots, and then all the dirt gets eroded out, and so the Obviously, the Cajun solution for this is make recipes out of them. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yep. Yep, and so that's what, that's what they do. Why did we get on this topic? What did we... Oh, no, I had to buy a new well pump. <laughs> so the thing crapped out on me, and uh, suddenly when I was doing the chores, like there was no water, and so we had to spend the night at my folks' And then the next day, the guy came in and said, okay, I can get it fixed for an exorbitant amount of money, which I paid because water is important. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then, like, every time they open up the well, I, I did try to haggle with the guy. I was I thought you would be proud of me. I was like, well, I'll buy this and this if you can get the price down this much. And then even the owner called me, and he was like, I can knock off $100. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, magic number 300. <laughs> and um, he said, I can't do it. And I said, well, I'll wait then. And so I just bought the one piece that I needed. And uh, so every time they open it up, they put chlorine in it. Like, because if they accidentally put bacteria into your drinking water, so they chlorinated this thing. And they said, oh, just run it for half an hour. You'll be fine. And if you want, run it at the far side of the house so it will clean out the pipes and chlorinate the pipes a little bit, kill anything that's in there. Hmm. And so I ran it for... Man, I drank chlorine coffee this morning. It's like I can't... They must have put so much in there. Mm. I, I can't I can't get it done. I can't flush it out. It'll clean you out too, though. Ugh, I feel awful. I still feel like my tummy's like a, like a giant cloud. I don't know. You know how like sometimes you drink water and you feel like it's cloudy? Yeah. Not well, visually, but like... Well, I usually stop drinking it if it feels cloudy. It's fluffy, fluffy water. Never, ever have I drank fluffy water. It, you never would describe it like that. Mm, nope, water as like, if it was like an air water version of the marshmallow man that you were drinking, but grosser. Uh, no, it's just one of my life rules that I don't <laughs> drink that type of water. <laughs> so it's, I think it's like six hundred and thirty-two. That rule is number six hundred thirty-two. I don't drink fluffy water. Fluffy water of any sort. It has to be crystal clear and refreshing. Right. But, you know, sometimes when you drink, like, very sugary beverages, you get that fluffiness. Mm, See, I don't drink sugary beverages. 
Yeah, but you did before. It's been so long. Okay. I've been okay. putting out the fires with gasoline ever since, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of toilets, it, yeah. it sounds like I could have used you for okay. to come fix our toilet. Oh, lay it on me. I'm what just, happened? I'm just not Andy. I mean, Andy is the watch a YouTube, buy a utensil, or a tool, if you will, and fix everything. <laughs> and right. Jared is watch multiple YouTube videos, buy many tools, and leave with a $3,000 bill. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Was it 3000 Uh, 25 something Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, mine was 1100 Well, we have, we have insurance, so hallelujah. Insurance is taking care of it, but uh, Jennifer's toilet was just squirting out a little bit of water on one of the parts inside of the toilet. So I watched a YouTube video, and it said there were holes in the seal, and you need to pop this part off and put a new seal on. I was like, oh, that's easy. And I watched the video multiple times. Well, the video did not show that you're supposed to turn the water off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh. Now, wouldn't you think think that would be a pretty important part of the video? <laughs> you know, you could make an argument. I don't want to make you feel bad. Okay. You could make an argument that that would be a like one of those, oh, well, I assumed you would do that. Well, if you're watching a video to learn how to change a, you know, anything, I think, I don't know. <laughs> right? Whatever. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> I'm on YouTube and not calling someone, so. Okay. So, I... Pop that piece right off, and I just felt like I was on King of Queens or something, or a movie, and the water shot, you know, 100 miles an hour up to hit the ceiling, hits me in the face. It's like, oh my goodness, pouring all over. When, the was, when was this? Last Wednesday, last Wednesday, so six days ago. Oh, uh, okay, go on. And uh, I'm like, Jennifer, get the wrench! And she's like, oh my gosh! So she comes running downstairs to grab the wrench, and as she runs downstairs, there's water pouring down the walls. Oh. So she grabs the wrench, and I, I'm able to turn it off, and, uh, you know, we got, like, half inch to an inch of water in the bathroom. It's pouring downstairs in the light fixture. Holy uh, cow. <laughs> wait a minute. Okay, so what, what, what did you have to turn with the wrench? Isn't there, like, a cutoff water supply to the toilet that has a handle? Yes, but it had not been turned the whole time we've lived here. So it was oh, okay, stuck. so it was stuck? Okay. I knew All that right. thing was not moving. Gotcha. So I yelled for her to grab the wrench while I'm trying to, to turn it. Sure, and your hands are wet. Yeah, and I'm yeah. freaking out a little bit. But once the water's yeah. off, I just start to laugh. Because yeah. it's, what are you going to do? What What's the point of getting upset and angry? And I thought, you know, it could be so much worse. What if we couldn't turn the water off? <laughs> Right. What if I couldn't figure? What if I was that dumb and I had to pull up YouTube to figure out how to turn the water off? It would, <laughs> it would have flooded the whole house. So I was just—I felt honestly—I felt super blessed that it wasn't worse. So, okay. So, what was the twenty-five hundred dollars? Was that like the wall and everything? Oh yeah. I mean, we have to have the ceiling redone. We have to have the drywall ripped out of one whole wall and replaced. What? You can't, oh, you can't, like, dehumidify it or anything? Oh, they did, but they had to rip part of the walls off. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, you know, when my house caught fire when I was in high school, um, the, it 
it was totally unsalvageable because of all the water damage. You know, like they put the fire uh, yeah. out, but the water. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Man, my heart goes out to you. Oh, it's <laughs> fine. It's okay. And it, it was just it was coming out the light fixture and the light, and Jennifer was you know like, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? And, uh, but it was really weird. Like the water had to get out, so it went out the front. So like there was this big puddle of water out of our front window. Really strange. So weird. But uh, yeah, we've had the dehumidifiers. Go on, go. I was just gonna say we've had the dehumidifiers and the big fans here for days, and okay. it got to 131 degrees in the bathroom. Like we got a little sauna up here. What? Wow. Man, oh man. Dude, when we were in California, because Jackie's sister was getting married, Deidre was like one and a half, two. Okay. And it was a rental house. And the girls were out at their bachelorette party, and I was there with Jackie's brother, and we were playing a video game, and all of a sudden we hear, doop, 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 and it's water coming through the light fixture right next to us from upstairs. And so I'm running upstairs. Deidre was on the counter. She had turned on all the water and all the sinks. Like, this bathroom was big. It's probably, like, three sinks. Turned on them all and, like, stopped up the sinks. <laughs> and it was, dude, we, I opened it. Like, the bathroom was probably the size of my office or, or, or bigger. Like, it was a big bathroom. So, it was, a, like, a half an inch across the floor. And it was just pouring into the room and, uh... Oh, it was ridiculous. Oh. Like, in a rental house. Oh. And it was your daughter. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it was, I was, I was furious. I don't know if I've ever been that mad. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> except the AT&T. Let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> oh, did I tell you about my AT&T thing? No, but I'd love to hear it. Goodness Is gracious. Okay, I'm going to say this for a communications company. They cannot communicate. They're ridiculous. It's terrible. It's terrible. Is this recent? It, yes. Okay. Okay, so I go and uh, they have a promotional deal on your DSL. For 12 months, you get a lower price, right? Sounds like a scam. Okay, yeah, it is. And then so in 12 months... They raise the, they double the price pretty much. So I call and I'm always looking at the deal and, and saying, well, you know, I'm going to cancel if you don't give me a better deal. And they, you know, <clears throat> some people say, oh, we can't do that. And some people say, sure, I can help you. And they fix it for one month and then it goes right back mm. to, to what it was. Yeah. So anyway, this lady was like, oh, well, now we have UVerse in your area. And if you change to UVerse, it's going to be cheaper than DSL. And I was like, all right, list me out how much, you know, what are what are all the – I've been through this a lot. So sure. I'm asking about all these things. And so I'm like, oh, that really does sound cheaper. That's good. I know they want everybody off of DSL. I know they want everybody on their fiber. And so this is their mechanism to get everybody off. So <clears throat> I cancel my DSL and I do the UVerse, which means you have to cancel account because it's two different systems. Like, if you have a mobile phone system, even though you log in on the same website, it's a different system than and database than if you do DSL. And that's a different system than UVerse, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, I want my same username and password. And they're like, oh, sure, yeah. They do it, and it messes up the entire system. Like, they can't do anything. I get this. I, I log in finally 
after weeks of on and off the phone with them using this, and, and they're like, well, try the mobile app. Well, the mobile app says it can't connect, but I see right here that you have a user account. I know I have a user account. So anyway, I log in, and it says, you owe $49. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't even have service for, for then. So I call them. I call the first person, and they're like, oh, don't worry about that. You don't have to pay it. I'm like, right. But it says I do, and when I call, it says I have to pay it. So, oh no, you don't. You won't have to pay that. You, it'll go away. I'm like, right. So when will it go away? They're like, don't worry about it. Like a like a week. So I'm like, oh goodness. So then I I tried to do it again, and I did it over chat, and you know, their chat is ridiculous because they say, oh, I can definitely help you with that, and then of course they can't. <laughs> sure. And so. <laughs> Finally, again, I'm on the phone, uh, and then the third time I'm on the phone. Because the second time I said, when will this go away? They're saying it's overdue. It's saying that I was canceled, my service was canceled because I didn't pay. And I said, that's not true. I canceled it to switch to UVerse because you guys wanted me to. And they're like, oh, sir, that's fine. So finally the person said, oh, okay, what happens is the bill gets prorated and adjusted. The new bill will come to you on the 17th, and it's going to be much lower. So don't worry about it. Pay it when you get in on the 17th. I was like, okay, that's fine. So I get it on the 17th, and in the same mail day, go into the mailbox, I get something from a collections agency. You're kidding. No! And I was furious. (laughs) I was so angry. And it's just, I called, I called them, like, and it wasn't the $49. It was the new adjusted amount of $6. It was the And so I called the collections agency, and the lady's like, "Uh, this call is recorded. And I said, it better be. And she's like, I'm sorry, excuse me. I said, Everybody says their calls are recorded, but nobody can get to these recordings, and nobody can remember what they told me last time. So, yes, it better be recorded. I want a record of this. And so the lady's, like, telling me, oh, well, there's a hold on this, so don't pay it. And I'm like, so you're telling me don't pay it. She said, call back tomorrow, find out. And I said, okay, that's fine. How can I get a recording of this phone call? You're recording it, so... Give me that recording. I want it for my records. She's like, um, hold on just a second. Let me talk to my supervisor. <laughs> so then she comes back and she's like, I'm sorry, sir. We can't, we can't give that out. You would have to subpoena that. And I said, what? So you're, you basically threaten me by saying this call is recorded, but then you won't give me that recording so that I can hold you to what you said? She's like, oh, we don't do that, sir. I'm like, <laughs> I was just so angry. So then I called back the next day, and they said, oh, this is all taken care of because you already paid the $6. I said, I know I paid the $6. I said, okay, so is, this call is recorded. Can I get a copy of this? No, sir, we don't do that. I, and I said, well, how, how will I know that this is taken care of? Because I thought it was taken care of, and it went to a collections agency. And they said, well... Uh, we can send you a letter of confirmation that's zeroed out. I said, okay, when will I get that? Uh, next week in the mail. I said, okay, if I don't get that, do I call you? What is your number? And the lady's like, just call the general number. She, 
So anyway, I did get that, but it was like after a month long of trying to get this taken care of. Holy cow. These people. AT&T is just so terrible. I think it's just when you get to a certain level of being so big, you forget customer service. You know, these individuals, they try to give me customer service. It's just the system is so wonky that they can't they can't even figure out what's going on. Yeah. Well, the, the head isn't communicating with the rest of the body. Something. Something's not communicating. Oi. Sounds like good Oy. time. Yeah. So. So I'm chill. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I cleaned out my gutters this weekend. That was that was something I've been meaning to do for a long time. Ugh. You, that sounds awful. Why do you have to yeah. clean out your gutters? Why? Yeah. Because it's all this filth and leaves in there. I've just never cleaned out gutters. I don't know why you have to do that. Um, they fill that you think it would flow down like the, all the water. Like, do you think that the water would take the leaves and just get rid of it? But it doesn't for some reason. It sits in there, and then like I got trees growing out of my gutter. Uh, so and then it overfills, and then it causes all these problems if it's not draining in the right place. That's all. It's very interesting. I'm wondering if it has to do with your nutrient rats. Nutria. Your nutria rats. Oh, did I tell you about the did I tell you about the rabbit that got caught in the trap? No, but I bet you're gonna tell me. <laughs> okay, so, all right. I, this is my last farmer Andy story. <laughs> this, this was this is great though. Okay, and so I bought this rat trap because I have a rat problem in my barn. It keeps eating all my uh, all my rabbit food. Now hold on, hold on. Are these rats different than the Nutria rats? Yes, the nutrient rats are much bigger. It's like those are like possum-sized rats. Are they? And they're still rats if they're as big as a possum. They're still. I think they're rodents, but they're not like rat rats. And do they eat rats? No. Oh. Okay. No, they eat roots and stuff. Oh, so you couldn't like use one to take care of the other. <laughs> Pit them against each other. Well, yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like you could have duels in your barn, like, and charge people. And have like, yeah, I can make a lot of extra money. I'm, I'm always about the extra buck, bro. <laughs> I think that nutria fighting <laughs> might be illegal. I don't know. I'll have to look well, into my that. Friend, well, my you, friend, well, your friend too, our friend Melissa, I'll have to give her a call and see what she thinks. We need like a third opinion. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Nutria. Uh, is nutria fighting illegal, like dog fighting or <laughs> cock fighting? Uh, what? <laughs> So anyway, I bought this rat trap that um, it has like those serrated, it's plastic and it's black. And to set it, you just step on one end like with your boot so that it sets. And it's much safer than those other ones, the the wooden ones with the metal uh, frame or rim or whatever that shuts. So I put it, I've been catching some rats, which is fantastic. I'm loving it. I feel like a success every time I, I see a dead rat in there. <laughs> so one day I come out Felicity goes out to put her sheep away in the pen for the night oh sure yeah yep and uh, it's taken a long time and I yell out to her she's like there are rabbits out here already <laughs> and she's I see her running around the barn <laughs> like there's mesh wire on the barn it's not the the walls aren't aren't solid it's just mesh wire so at night you can, if the lights are on, you can see p- 
people or you can see anything that's in there. And so I see her running around with a giant fishing net, like going back and forth. (laughs) And this poor girl, she's crying. And so, (laughs) so I go out there and she's like, they got out. They pushed their feed bowl out and they climbed out. And so she got six of them in and there were three left. And so I cornered one, grabbed it and grabbed another one. And I look in this corner and there's this, all I see are rabbit legs coming out of this rat trap. Like, and so this rat trap, it close, it's an enclosed thing and it closes on them. Mm -hmm. And so it's not open. (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, well that one's a goner. That's a shame. I, the first thing I caught in it was my own rabbit. (laughs) Great. Um, but then as soon as I pick up the other ones, it starts to squeal and the thing lifts its head with the rat trap on it and like starts banging around, looking around. It looked like Darth Vader trying to get... so I was like, oh, oh my, it's still alive. So I take the rat trap off and the thing has like a smushed head. So anyway, it's looking at me squinting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, this thing is not going to make it. And so I put it in, <laughs> I put it back in the cage with the mom and everything. And it's still alive. It's still, oh, it's still going. This was weeks ago. Well, so I think it's going to make, I, I would say so. It's like Lazarus or something. <laughs> A Lazarus rabbit. <laughs> anyway, well, <laughs> anything else? <laughs> How do I follow a farmer Andy's story? I like your story about spraying the whole house down. <laughs> it was just dirty. I just was like, <laughs> I had to clean the whole thing. <laughs> I like your attitude, just sitting and laughing. Well, what else you gonna do? <laughs> well, I mean, when you're with the person you love the most, and you know you're going through these things together, that's great. Did she have a good attitude? Yeah, yeah, she was just more so worried that I was gonna because the hair dryer was. <laughs> The hairdryer was plugged in and on the floor in the bathroom as there's an inch of water. So Ooh. she was afraid I was going to get electrocuted. And I was like, that's the last thing on my mind. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I've seen the movies. I've got to get powers or something. Yeah. Yeah, that happens more often than <laughs> electrocution. Now, yesterday, though, we'll wrap up with this. I went to train at the American Ninja Warrior gym. Oh, yeah, okay, I was going to ask you this. American Ninja Warrior, for everyone, everyone knows but Andy, that the American Ninja Warrior is a very huge popular show on television, and uh, it uh, it's awesome. And my one of my pastors is, is going to be on American Ninja Warrior on Friday in Pittsburgh, and so he asked me to go up and, and run the course with him and, and kind of, you know, get prepared. And, dude, I kicked my butt. <laughs> I, I am in shape. I, I can say I'm in shape. I've been working out every day for five months, and it's like the best shape of my life I've been in, but those rings just killed my arms. Trying to do, like, the ring to ring and swing, and I just... They really are on fire today. I've been taking Advil all day long. Holy moly. So, you you had to swing from ring to ring using one arm or two arms? uh, Whichever one you want. It's... uh, There were, like, rings hanging from the ceiling, and you had to go... There were three rings in a line, and you have to swing from ring to ring, and then catch a tire underneath, and then jump Ooh, on a yeah. cargo net. And I just could not get to the tire! Oh my gosh, I was so upset with my performance, and uh, 
So I did the other obstacles. I did them like out of order because I just couldn't get from the ring to the tire. But uh, it looks so easy on TV, but it is hard, dude. It is so hard. So how long has this show been on? Uh, probably like eight years. What? Like originated, maybe less, maybe seven years. It originated in Japan. You know, it started with those. You know, I mean, Japan. The, the American Ninja Warrior originated in Japan. This, this, the stuff that they do, like the obstacle course, and then they brought it to America. So, like, only a couple people in the world have ever completed the whole thing. Huh. It's like different levels of courses. And uh, so you went to the one that is connected to the studio, or this is a replica. It's or a what? replica. There are various gyms throughout America that have set up these these obstacle courses that mirror what the show is, so that people can train for them. And this guy was on the show twice, and he set up his own gym, so we got to go up there and, and do that. It was really cool. Huh. It was fun. It, it makes you want to work for something. Like I want to. Increase my upper body strength so that, you know, go back in a year and do it again. I always see all these commercials for, like, people who, you know, are, are throwing tires at each other and jumping over giant things. And it's all about, like, we train champions. I saw one today. It's like, for what? What are you doing this well, for? Well, there's CrossFit, too. That's a lot of uh, using your own body and throwing stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, like... Are these people going to war? No. No, but... Want, what are they doing? You want to get in shape, and you want to feel really good about yourself, and know that you can push yourself and overcome stuff, and and uh, there's a variety of reasons that people do that kind of stuff. Yeah, but what does that have to do with throwing a tire? It's just that instead of lifting a weight, you lift a tire. It's just different stuff to lift as opposed to, like, a regular gym. But when do they apply this? Well, it's not a... You're, it, they're not going for a skill. It's not like there's going to be a tire throwing competition. It's not a skill. It's uh, a set of working your body to push yourself. Yeah, but these all these people are like yuppies, and they're, they're like not. they live in these the suburban houses and everything. When are they ever going to use all this? They're just bottling up all this strength to do nothing. They're wasting time. No, it's it's about a feeling good too. I mean, when you look in the mirror and you have cut lines, it feels good. I got cuts all over my body from working on the fence and stuff. Well, and see, don't you feel great? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I had to get a tetanus shot. (laughs) Yeah, you need to move to the city. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got one other thing I want to ask you about, but it might be way too off off the rails. So we're going to try it, and you let me know. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh. Have you heard of in Geneva, Switzerland? Have you heard of CERN, this large hadron collider? No. Okay, you've never heard of no. this. Okay, I've been knowing about it for a few years. They had to shut it down. You know what a particle accelerator is? Did you just say I've been knowing? I've been knowing you. That's a very southern. I've been knowing. We going to make some groceries. Goodness. A particle accelerator, like from the comic books? Yes. Okay. So this is 27 kilometers uh, long in length. It is a circle. And so what they do is they get these protons uh, up to 99.99, the speed of light, and they collide them. And then they test the resulting 
physics, and they have to, you know, they record all this data to figure out. They're pretty much testing the laws of physics, right? Okay. So you've never heard of this? Um, I've heard about them people over there trying to make a black hole. Yes, the same people. Ah, okay. They're working on multiple okay. things. Yes. Right. So through that, they feel, they think that they can uh, create a black hole or a wormhole or something like that. The point is they're trying to poke a hole through time-space and they're trying to access other dimensions. And the, you know, the head of CERN has said that, you know, we may be able to send actually a message to another dimension through a graviton using ones and zeros like a binary or Morse code or something like that on on these gravitons and see what comes back. But he said, you know, one of the dangers is something might slip through to our side when we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. So my question to you books? is... Say that, is that Have they not read any comic books? Right. So my question to you is why... Does this sound like a smart idea? Does this sound like something that we should be messing with and doing? My whole thing is let's focus on cancer or <laughs> or something like that. We really don't... Um, even Even like with space, I'm like, okay, we have a moon... Do we need to go there? Like, let's do other stuff. <laughs> Am I crazy? We got a moon. Do we need to go there? I mean, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> There's nothing more manly than going all the way to the moon and bringing your car and driving around. Bringing your... <laughs> so, yeah, I don't... Uh, I mean, there are a billion other things that we could spend money on. Why try and bring Annihilus over from the negative zone? Right, I know the annihilation wave is coming. Uh, but the thing is, we're going to be prepared. Are we? We know what to do. <laughs> Did you just go into a tunnel? Did you just go into your bunker? <laughs> well, yeah, it's all coming together. <laughs> <laughs> we know what to do. You sound like you went into. You're like, I'm out of here. <laughs> well, that's where I'm going to record the rest of the podcast underneath the house. <laughs> My little time capsule thing. All right, all right. This is Marvel 616 Politics, a comic book podcast. Uh, you can visit us at, on the web at www.marvel616politics.com. You can follow us at, on Twitter at 616politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. You can find us on Instagram and YouTube under the username marvel616politics. And we also have a phone number set up at 616-755-TINA, where you call that number, leave us a message with a question or a witty comment, and we will play it on air and answer it, and you'll get to hear yourself. And then we also have an instant gram. I said Instagram. Did you? Instagram and YouTube. Oh, okay. I, I missed that. That's okay. And I just posted a, uh, a, a picture of our agenda as like a teaser. <laughs> I think that we are scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, no. It has, it has as of right now, 21 likes. See, I told you we should have we should have done it live. We have, and those twenty one people could be talking to us right I now. I agree. We have seven hundred thirty one followers on Instagram. 
I think that next time what we're going to try to do is Periscope this. So that's the live Twitter thing. Either Meerkat or Periscope, whatever. It doesn't matter. Oh, sure, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not a clue. Okay, so you can... You just start up the app on the iPhone or iPad, and then it'll live stream it. And so we won't do video, but we will do audio so that you can hear it as we record. You can hear the <laughs> the thing I said that I'm going to have to edit out. All those things. Now tell me again what this iPad thing is. What an iPad is? Yeah. It's like a giant iPhone. It was just a joke, Andy. Oh. Okay. You know, there was something I was going to ask you about that, like, I had never heard of before. Oh, yeah. What is with this shaming? What is shaming? I heard this. Shaming? Like, when you shame someone? Yeah, what is that? Well, that's something that, you know, we all grew up with our parents doing to us. What? Didn't your parents ever, like, shame you in public? I don't know what that means. I don't know. Like, when some, like, basically to be embarrassed by someone. Like, oh, so up. like shaming is embarrassing somebody? Well, the word you know what the word shame means? Yeah, like feeling ashamed for something you did. Yeah, yeah. So if somebody like, you know, if you um, took the cookie from your teacher and Bonbon um, bon takes you into class and in front of everyone she says, Andy, what do you have to say? I'm sorry for you, know, you have to say I'm sorry for taking the cookie, and I'm sorry that now the teacher doesn't trust everyone or whatever. Like she publicly shamed you. Is that bad? Oh no, I don't think so. It teaches you not. I bet you're never going to take that cookie again. And, <laughs> oh no, I ate it. Well, it's gone. not only that, but then all the kids tease you because you call your mom Bon Bon, and they're like, "Just call her mom." <laughs> like any normal. <laughs> 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 Where, where, where does this come from? I don't know. Like it was, uh, it was something about the age of Ultron about slut shaming or something. And then, like, I've heard of fat shame, but I don't know what this stuff is. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of like you know, calling people out for, you know, fat shaming. Like uh, you talk about their body weight or, or, um, you know, that in the interview with Chris Evans uh, and Jeremy Renner said that Black Widow was a not very nice word. Uh, they were just being dumb. They weren't, like, shaming anybody, and people need to just relax. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, I heard some kid at Awana say, I shame you all. And I was like, I've never heard that. I <laughs> shame you all. Yeah. So I was like, Who, what is this kid? <laughs> and then I heard it in an interview about the, the uh, Jeremy Renner thing, and I was like, huh. I guess it's a yeah, thing. Yeah, it was just a joke. Yeah. Oh. All right, we are sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, the only place truly on the Internet to get your books. These Marvel books that you care about, that I care about, why are you paying four ninety nine for them? I saw tomorrow, like, we got, like, three or four four ninety nine books that are coming out. Don't stand for that. Go to DCBService.com and pre-order all your books. Get them for 40% off. All the Marvel books that you care about, 40% off at least. And the ones you don't care about, too. <laughs> well, that's true. Weird world. Okay. Uh, we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. You can find them at crpsavings.com and also on Facebook. They're a discount membership program for all of your purchasing needs through Office Depot. 
So uh, whether you need graduation announcements for high school or college, or you need a new ream of paper or some pens and some K-cups, uh, a CRP membership is the best deal for you. They're having a special right now. Uh, I think it's $39. You purchase a membership through them. It's a lifetime. You get tons of coupons, and you can use it on anything through Office Depot and OfficeDepot.com. I think you got to contact them to get the $39. I think the price just went up to 99 but I think that if you email them and say, hey, can you give me the uh, the other price, I think they'll still do it. Yeah, yeah, that was like their promotional thing they were doing for a little while. And right. and, and then uh, just tell them, tell them M6P sent you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if you tell them that we, <laughs> that we sent you, then you, you'll undoubtedly – get that price they'll say oh that podcast that we keep sponsoring we got to get somebody in accounting to cut that out (laughs) and then we're also sponsored by michael web solutions michaelwebsolutions.com for all of your internet uh, website and marketing needs go to michaelwebsolutions.com they'll hook you up they'll take care of you and uh your business will definitely increase so michaelwebsolutions.com all right, well, now let's hit some, uh, we got a special report, so let's do that. All right, so Age of Ultron. I got to tell you, Jared, I saw this. And I was surprised. I, I thought it was going to be a little while for you. It did. I, th- I think I saw it on the 9th or something. But still, when you and I had talked, you thought it was going to be a couple weeks. Yeah, okay. So, a week and a half. It came out, the, what, the first? A yes. week and two days. So, tell me, what did you think? Lay it on me, man. Well, I was excited. I thought it was, um, I mean, there are good parts, there are bad parts. Uh, but for the most part, I think it, it was fun. It was a lot of just beating up robots and Hydra agents, and that's, that's a lot of what I want to see in a, a movie, uh, whether it's a, an action movie or a Marvel movie. I want to see the good guys beating the, the junk out of the bad guys. And I think that that definitely was accomplished with this movie. Uh, I thought it added a great deal to the Marvel mythos. The mythos of Marvel with uh, the Infinity Gems and progressing the story towards the Infinity War, uh, but also taking time to build uh, backstories with smaller characters like Hawkeye and still finding time to balance that with the big dudes like Captain America and Iron Man. All right, so what was your favorite thing? What was your least favorite thing? Oh, goodness. See, I made some notes here, but I didn't put either of those on it. Um, My favorite thing, I thought Vision was done extremely well. Uh, I loved how they were able to... You know, of course it would have been great if, you know, Ant-Man would have created Ultron and beget Vision and all, you know, if it would have been absolutely 616. But the way that they were able to make it creative and tie in Jarvis as well and make Vision with the Infinity Gem, I think Vision was done extremely well. I think probably the least favorite part um, was probably a tie. Like, the Hawkeye home stuff was cool because Jeremy Renner actually got to do something more than be possessed and attack his friends you know in the first movie <laughs> um, and, but it was just kind of the slow boring part for me but I think that's part of a, you know, a good story but the other part would probably be Ultron 
Uh, Ultron was a bit silly for me at times. He wasn't the the menace that I thought Loki or Red Skull or even Malekith was. Um, so those were probably my my favorite and least favorite. Now, are you a fan of James Spader, or have you seen him in other things? Or uh, he, I remember when he used to... I know he's on the blacklist now, and I know he used to be on that show with William Shatner, but I never watched any of that stuff. Gotcha. So, yeah. what about you? Um, I enjoyed the experience of watching this movie in the theater, and you know, I watched it with Jackie and a friend and, and his wife, and I enjoyed analyzing the movie... But the movie itself, I didn't. I I didn't dislike it, but it was. Uh, I think as far as a movie production, it was probably on par with the first one. But I I think I had the same experience with Thor two: The Dark World. I probably won't watch this movie again. Mm. So there was a lot of stuff that I didn't necessarily. Uh, appreciate, but still caught my interest. Um, I thought the theme of it was interesting. It was don't let anyone else define you. You know, uh, everybody, uh, you know, Captain America was defined by war. You always have to have a war. Um, Black Widow was defined by the the fact that she couldn't have children. Hawkeye was defined by the fact that he didn't have superpowers. Um, you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were defined by the fact that they didn't that their parents were killed. Uh, Ultron was defined by um, the fact that he was all powerful. He was he was omnipotent, uh, omniscient, omnipresent type of thing. Um, and uh, Vision is the one that broke that. Uh, so you know, and Thor is he the king? Is he you know he was defined by being worthy to pick up the hammer. Mm-hmm. So all that I found extremely interesting. Like what defines you as a character? Um, Iron Man kept kept talking to uh, Banner. You know, like we are the monsters. We need to embrace it. We are the mad scientists. And uh, Banner was fighting that the whole time. He's like, no, I'm not. That's not who I am. I'm not going to let you define me. And I'm not going to. So. I found all that very interesting. But with that, I I got a distinct anti-God vibe. Like, did you feel that at all? Oh, well, I guess, I don't know. I'm not a very deep thinker. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I just went to watch it. But I, I'd love to hear your view, though, and what you saw. Okay, well... It's all it, it's all about really who has the power, you know. And uh, by definition, the most powerful being was Ultron, and um, he was kind of a symbol of, of of God, but also just religion in general. So man created religion, and then religion ruled over man in the form of a all seeing, all knowing, everywhere being. Uh, who seemed to be arbitrarily angry and brutal. Um, You know, when he was enthroned, when he met Scarlet Witch and and Quicksilver, he was right in the middle of the church. You know, that was the main theme there, uh, being totally accessible to everyone around him, but yet still ruling over him. Um, 
you have I I know this is gonna this is gonna sound crazy to a, to a lot of our listeners, but you have the the city coming up from the earth instead of the the New Jerusalem coming down to the earth. So I thought that was interesting when they finally crushed the whole thing. They they defeated the church. That's where that drill thing was, and so they crushed the church and freed humanity basically. So it, it looks like they crushed religion. Um, I thought it was interesting because the vision who is the best part of humanity which is Jarvis and the best part of Ultron which is God you know um, formed to be the Christ figure of the film uh, they said well who are you and he said I am I am um, I thought that was fairly blatant fairly obvious uh you know, as in the, the the name that God gave himself when he was talking to Moses through the burning bush, I am that I am. Um, <clears throat> when he was talking to Ultron at the end, he said, yeah, humanity's doomed, but let's, let's not impose our definition on them. Let's not impose our will on them. Let not them be defined by our religion or our oppression or our arbitrary rules that we think that they need to bend to. Let them do their own thing. Yeah, they're going to kill themselves, but let them. It's all about them. I thought it was interesting that he was worthy, and that's how they trusted him. Basically, they weren't sure whether to trust this guy or not, but because he was able to pick up the hammer, then he was holy or righteous type of thing. There was a lot of a lot of that in there, and it it was it was pretty overt. I thought, which wasn't bad. I did enjoy you know kind of deconstructing it and and seeing what was there but when you look at the when you look at the rebellion of mankind in the bible let's say against god of the tower of babel or you know the heroes that we have who throw their fist up at god and say no we're smarter we can do this um you know we god wins in the bible but here on Earth, we'd love to see a story, and there's many films like this, Avatar's a film like this, where uh, you know the sky people invade, the people with the more technology, the people with more magic, and they, um, they come in, they have superior technology, and the whole planet, nature, unites, uh, and they have this little emissary or avatar who unites the people and defeats or beats back the invading, invading arbitrary force. And so, you know, I think that's mirrored a lot and a lot more recently. And so it was kind of, um, I was kind of sad about that because it's taking Marvel off of kind of the fun, happy-go-lucky and and turning it into a, um, a message of pure free will, I guess, like to a rebellious state. And I think that was epitomized in the very act of them teasing Captain America the whole time. Like, in the first one, Captain America said, uh, there's only one God, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't dress like that, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, I know a lot of Christians that I knew um, were, like, proud of that, and they were like, oh, look at this guy, He's, he's, he's a good guy, that's who I look up to. But it was a cool line, but the reason why they're saying it is because that is considered to be an archaic view of things, an outdated view. And so they have the man from the 40s coming back and 
and saying something that I believe is true and that some other people believe is true, but saying it in an outdated sense. And I thought the same thing was happening here when he said language, and then they just mocked him the whole time and said, look, your arbitrary rules about what right and wrong and your social mores and your norms, that's outdated and you need to catch up with the times. So by making it into a joke, by mocking it, it's saying it, it's it's kind of alienating that view and saying that's an outdated rule system. We don't deal with that anymore. And I think that epitomized the whole thing in the movie. Like, we don't need your rules. We don't need religion. We don't need the church. That's outdated. We don't think that way anymore. We have these superheroes. You know, we don't we don't need that. So anyway, you did you did you get any of that? I. I'm tracking with you with the Captain America line from the first one, and I definitely did pick that up when Vision said, I am, because I am. You know, I was like, oh, I think I've heard that somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I think the other stuff, I, in my opinion, I just think you're reading a little bit too into it. I could, I could, but I think it's a theme, especially if it was, if it was somebody else, though, if it wasn't Whedon. Um, he, you know, some people say that he's an atheist, but he's notoriously a humanist. And there's a lot of subtle differences. It's not that he doesn't believe in God or that there's an existence of God. He just believes in humanity more and that humanity, the ultimate good will be achieved by humanity. And I think that that, that was reflected very much so in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I thought the theme was very interesting. Don't let anybody else define you. And I, I really liked how he fit almost every single character into that theme. Like, I thought that bringing Hawkeye and his family into it was amazing. I loved that part. Because he wasn't defined by what he could do or what he couldn't do. He was defined by, I'm a family man. I choose to do these things. I have these home projects I do. Um, you know, and then... Uh, when he was talking to the Scarlet Witch and he says, you know, we're on a floating city, floating island. I have a bow and arrow. Nothing makes sense. You just got to accept it. You got to go with it, you know, and go and and do your best and get out there. I thought that was very inspiring. I mean, it was obviously meant to be inspiring, but I thought it was. And, you know, don't let the circumstances around you define who you are. Don't let the, the fact that you can't have a child because you were sterilized define who you are. Don't let the fact that you turn into this giant green monster and that is one good thing that tony said you know he's like hey you know if that's who you are then that's who you are but these all these other characters chose to say that's not who i am you know and at the very end captain america made some comment about you know he's learning who he is um there's not necessarily a war that has to be fought all the time but he is a soldier he is home you know i i really liked it so I, I like that. I really liked it. I, yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I mean, I love that character. He's hands down my favorite character. Hawkeye. Um, I like how they kind of tricked the audience where he said they said something about Hawkeye's girlfriend. He said, "I don't have a girlfriend." And then the doctor Cho was like, "Well, I can't help you with that." But obviously, he meant that he had a wife and family. So there were there were cool things in there. Uh, Ultron. Um, I know this is petty, but I didn't like how his mouth moved. I would have much rather it just been open shut or or nothing at all. Like his minions. <clears throat> yeah. They were perfect. They were the perfect Ultron face. Agreed. 
Um, I thought it was cool him sitting in the middle of the church on the throne because it looked like um, that cover from Annihilation. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What's the, what's the second Annihilation? I don't know, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I thought the same thing. But they said that it was <laughs> actually <clears throat> when Ultron first appeared, he was wearing uh, the Crimson Cow outfit. And so they said yes. it was actually an homage to that. I'm like, well, that's not what I saw. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought it was really neat. I didn't really like the Scarlet Witch or Quicksilver. I thought they were unnecessary. Um, and apparently Marvel did too because they got rid of Quicksilver. Oh, so sad. I knew <laughs> he was gonna die. Somebody had spoiled it for me, but like, there could be so much done with Quicksilver. You, I think that they just did not want to deal with the the Fox stuff. And they were like, okay, this we're not going to deal with this stuff. We can use Scarlet Witch, but this guy's too tied to the X Men. We're, we're just not going to do it. I think they probably rewrote it when they, you know, when Age of uh, or Days of Future Past came out, and they said, oh, we're using Quicksilver because they were announced around the same time, right? Yeah, but Joss, Joss actually did an interview, and he said that it had always been his intention in every single script that he had. Quicksilver dies. Oh, okay. Said, right. It's one of those, you know, Coulson dies, Quicksilver dies. Uh, almost in every movie, some main character passes on, you know. I thought it was interesting how they killed uh, Baron Strucker so quick. So fast! Like, yeah! They're like, you know what, we're not even going to really use this guy. Okay. And he didn't even die on screen, it was like in a photo. <laughs> I think he's dead. Ugh. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe Thanos will bring him back. Maybe. Like, I need There's thinking. really no use for him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, with him being a, a Marvel baddie, I think more could have been done. But I tell you <clears> what, <throat> the claw, he was great. Uh, you want the piece of candy? <laughs> he was fantastic. He was probably the best actor there. Well, Andy Serkis is just amazing. He is. He is. And I love how Ultron ripped his arm off. We know Fall's coming. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Oh, I got carried away. <laughs> uh, Ultron was definitely Spader. I mean, there's it was it was just him. You know, mm-hmm. he even made some of the same facial features that he makes all the time. Yeah, and that's what they had said that uh, you know they're not going to pay millions for James Spader to come in to just use his voice. That you know they wanted to see facial uh, recognition and to see see a bit of James Spader in Ultron. I thought there was a ton of him in Ultron. I think there was maybe a little bit too much of him. Yeah, I've heard that as a criticism. I, I mean, I can't argue with that. Um, one of the things that really was distracting in this, I didn't see it in 3D, and I hope they fix it in the DVD. But you know, when you do 3D and you don't see it in 3D, it's like there's there's dim parts and then there's like contrast lines that really stick out and it just makes it look unbelievable. And I think with the computer animation, it just you know exaggerated that. Hmm. And uh, I think coming down off a of Winter Soldier, this was tough to compare to Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is like a 10, and this was you know it just couldn't hold up because I think one of the things the the fight scenes in Winter Soldier were all choreographed, you know. So you had you had some of the computer animation, but this was all like bouncing around, and the the actors weren't even there, you know. Well, we weren't in the movie, and we were in Winter Soldier, and I feel like our characters really just 
uh, kind of made the movie whole. Is that is that what it yeah, is? Yeah, I think we added a bit of more depth than maybe some of the others had had. There was a little bit in the first <laughs> Avengers with just myself. Um, and then in Winter Soldier, I think, like, you know, my character really kind of understood his place in the Marvel Universe and was yeah. able to just, like, you know, really make the Winter Soldier stand out, whether a comic book movie or just a regular movie. And I think that I, I mean I hats off to you and I am I am wholeheartedly indebted to you for making that film what it was. And that I can see why Avengers Two didn't do it for you. <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried. <laughs> now, have you been following? Have you been watching Shield? <clears throat> um, yes. So, did you see the the character, one of the Hydra scientists that appeared in Agents of Shield and then appeared in the movie? Maybe I don't know. I I think I'm all caught up. I might have la- l- not done the last episode. No, no. Oh no. Well, it was the episode the week that Avengers came out. One of the Hydra scientists. Um, he's one of the main main guys. He goes to I think the game the guy's name was Bakshti ba- Bakshti or whatever. Uh, the one that um, that Simmons killed with that matter gun or whatever. Um, another scientist, he ran up in Avengers Age of Ultron from the shield, from shield and says, you know, the Avengers are here, they're attacking, what do we do, or whatever. I thought that was a pretty cool tie-in, but, I mean, if you didn't notice it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, Jackie actually is more into that show than I am. Really? Yeah, I kind of play Pinochle on this thing called the iPad and uh, listen to it. When she's watching. Pinochle? What do you have, like, pecan butter pecan ice cream while you're doing that? How old are you? <laughs> I love I love Pinochle. And butter pecan, if it, if you liked ice cream, right? I don't, I don't like ice cream. I like vanilla, if, if anything. Uh, boring. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, another thing while we're talking about the movie, um, I love that Falcon and War Machine got some screen time. That they were there, as little as it was, it still showed that, you know, War Machine exists outside of just the Iron Man movies and Falcon outside of just Captain America. I thought that was really cool. And that also that Falcon alluded to, you know, he's been uh, looking for Bucky. And uh, I, I just thought that it kind of makes the universe a little bit more whole. I liked it, and I can't decide whether or not I wanted more Falcon or not. Because he didn't seem like he was in it a whole lot, and he didn't... Like, it was kind of abrupt when he showed up. But at the same time, I don't know how much he could have done against Ultron. But then again, you got Hawkeye, so... And Black Widow, yeah. No, I think I think it worked organically. I think it worked really well, because he's at the end, you know, they're they're training up some some uh, people to at their Avengers Academy or whatever, and for him to join, that makes more sense than, hey, I'm just on the Avengers because I have wings now. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. What did you think of the new Avengers team at the end? Uh, it seems to be very much lacking. There's, like, not a whole lot of oomph. Really? Yeah. Because of Iron Man and I mean, Hulk he... not being there? Is... I mean, Hulk is their main guy, even though they really can't control him that much. I mean, he's the he's the powerhouse, mm. you know. I thought it was cool. <laughs> well, 
Well, no, that's good. I, I, I'll tell you what, the dumbest part of the whole movie is when Scarlet Rich ripped out his heart. He's a machine. He can't feel that. <laughs> it was dumb. What did you think? I guess one of my uh, pet peeves was that Iron Man was back. He's in his suit, but last we saw him in Iron Man 3, he kind of retired. He got fixed. He didn't need suits. He destroyed all his armors, and there's no mention of what was going on since then. I kind of wondered about that. I looked at his chest. He didn't have the flux capacitor. The arc reactor? Right, that. He didn't have the arc reactor, so he didn't need the suit. But I did kind of wonder about that. Just, uh, you know, mention it. You know, say give us something, because Iron Man 3 ended with such a jaw-dropping ending to then just be back to status quo was a, was a bit off-putting. Yeah, but I think I'm really bummed. I'm really bummed that you didn't that you didn't see the same symbolism, and now I'm second guessing myself. Well, I know that you really look. I, I just think that you're looking for things that might not be there. I didn't. I don't see how Ultron represents uh, God or religion because he didn't have his followers were robots, drones. Yeah, that did exactly what he wanted them to do. That doesn't sound like religion to you? No, I mean there's no there's no choice to be a follower or or accept or anything like that. I guess I took it as the whole he's everywhere and he knows everything. Yeah, but that's like a, any sort of villain that can go through the internet. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know that that's necess- and that's just our opinion, but I just don't know that that's- Yeah, I'll have to reevaluate. Uh, well, let's wrap it up with Thanos. What'd you think of that? I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really awesome. And, like, somebody somebody spoiled that for me. They're like, oh, I'm not giving anything away. But, like, he reaches and he says, I'm doing it myself. Oh. That was the whole thing. Oh, no. So mm. I was like, oh, that's got to be awesome. <clears throat> and that's all it was. But I really think that, who is that, Tom Hardy? No. <laughs> no? No. It is... Josh Brolin? There you go. I get those two confused. Sorry. I really think that he is really good as Thanos. I mean, he only had a few words, but I thought this was much better than his appearance in Guardians. Oh, really? I don't... He was just not menacing in Guardians. And in this, I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I remember seeing it. I, I avoided all the spoilers. And seeing it in the theater, I made an audible noise when he was there. Was like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did Jennifer think of it? Oh, she really enjoyed it. We went to, the second time I went to see it. We took her. I took her. Uh, ah, I see. So I was able to. Yeah, Jackie did not like it. Oh no. Yeah, no. She leaned over at one point. She was like, "I thought Captain America dies in this." And I said, no, that's probably Civil War. And she's like, oh, I don't want to see that. I was like, we're watching this. (laughs) She's like a year ahead of herself. (laughs) She's so cute. (laughs) No, Jennifer is so into the Marvel stuff, though. It's, It's just crazy. Like, I think she would probably have a comic book room if I didn't have one. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. I was playing Halo with my daughter yesterday, and... I sent, I tucked her in, sent her to bed, whatever. 
And I walked in, and Jackie in our bedroom was watching The Flash on the laptop. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, are you mad that I watched this? I was like, no. Oh, you didn't smack it out of her hand because it's a DC show? No. If she watched, she's. I tell you, the TV shows that we watch are Shield. We did watch Peggy Carter, Arrow, and Flash, and Brooklyn Nine Nine. But <laughs> this, like, and I am just not interested. I just listen, and I, I'm playing Pinochle the whole time. But she's really into it. Pinochle. It's great. I love that game. So you guys don't watch Real Housewives of anything. No. Or American Ninja Warrior? No, I didn't even know that existed. <laughs> well, you'll have to watch because I'm going to stand right beside my pastor's wife so I can be on the TV. Oh, so that you can be on TV, not so that you can show support? Well, I mean, I'm going to be wearing an orange shirt, you know, because he's doing orange or whatever, but I'm going to box his kids out. Oh, okay. All right. So. That's good. That's a good basketball term. Look at you. Yeah, that way I, like, I have a whole roll of footage that I've done. Yes. Look at my headshots. Look when I knocked this kid out to be on camera. Yeah, look at that blur back there with the beret. Look when I threw Uno cards everywhere. There you go. Ha-ha! Last one. Uno. You know. <laughs> well, we are running long. What do you think about hitting up some current events? Uh, I think that I am definitely all about this. <laughs> I didn't realize how long we were going. I apologize. No, it's fine. I just looked at the clock, and I'm like, we're on about an hour and ten minutes into the show. (sighs) Well, it's going to be so much less when I edit out all the terrible things. All the expletives. (laughs) No. You listening, Bonbon? (laughs) None of the expletives. (laughs) All right, man, we got four. I think these are going to go pretty fast, though. Yeah, we don't have to cover every every page. We got four comics. Secret Wars 0, 1, 2, and, um, <laughs> well, actually, Free Comic Book Day. Did you read all of Free Comic Book Day? Just the story I had to read for the podcast. Oh, so not the other one? Did you skim through the other one? I looked at the pictures. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Secret Wars 0... Uh, we open up with Val, Valeria, talking to the Future Foundation. She says, time is running out. And she says, all right, this is what we're going to do. We are not going to win, but we need to figure out how to not lose. And the way we do this is we build a life raft. And so they're all building their life rafts uh, and putting all the shielding on it so that they can separate themselves from when the incursion happens and if the universe explodes, somehow they're protected. <laughs> we don't really know. It kind of gives a recap about um, what happened and how the uh, Illuminati made these terrible decisions and eventually Namor killed another planet. But uh, that's it. It ends with them working on the ship and then saying, okay, well, we just finished just in time because here comes... The 1610 in the last incursion. I did read this one. Yeah. Okay, okay. I meant I didn't read the Inhumans backup. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I, that's why I was asking you. So, what did you think of this? 
I know it was short and sweet. Yeah, I thought it was good because it it will add to the story, but it won't. It's not necessary reading. So if you didn't make it to free comic book day, you're fine. Right, right. I mean, it's kind of a gorgeous cover. I tell you what. Oh my goodness, the art for I know we'll get into the other stuff, but the art on the series has just been amazing. Covers, interiors, gorgeous. Yeah, no, it uh, is the best part of the whole thing because nothing really happened, you know was the right. last page when you see all the heroes in flight. I thought that was pretty sweet. I think the reason why I really liked this one was because I love how Hickman writes Val. I think that he he does a fantastic job doing that. See, I could care less about Val. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care for her. Franklin is I think man. that she is she is one of the most compelling characters. She's just a little kid. <laughs> She's one of my favorites And I think Hickman writes her uh, So well Probably the best of anybody who's ever written her Okay But that's it for this one I I liked it because um, It set it all up It had good Hickman dialogue So Alright well we'll hit up Secret Wars number one then The, uh, The 1610 and 616 Universes are colliding As Andy just explained to us uh, the 1610 universe decides to launch an offensive attack against the 616, and heroes from every part of the 616 show up to fight. Um, Mr. Fantastic and his team are working on putting some heroes and scientists in the life raft or life pods in order to restart humanity after the final incursion. Uh, notable scenes during the battle uh, in New York uh, would be the Hulk, She-Hulk, and Colossus lifting the Triskelion, and then Punisher showing up at a bar where all the villains have gathered. Uh, it was a, it was a lot of the pages were just a battles, but I think those two scenes kind of stuck out for me. Um, during the battle, Black Widow, Rocket Raccoon, and others are killed. Uh, Cyclops takes possession of the Phoenix Force from the Phoenix Egg. He teleports a variety of characters along with himself to the life raft, and half of the life raft breaks off, killing Sue. The worlds seemingly collide and destroy each other, but the ominous face of doom appears after. Bum, bum, bum! <laughs> so, that was, that was the gist. There were a lot of things that happened, uh, maybe smaller details and things that eventually play into Secret Wars number two, but this was kind of like the meat and potatoes review. The meat and potatoes review. Well, I mean, the the issue was like 36, 38 pages long. I mean, I could do a review that's like uh, five minutes, but ain't nobody got time for that. What did you think of the uh, the Marvel Universe from 1961 to 2015, you know, like at the very end? Yeah, that was, it was very sad. It was, it was a somber moment. Yeah, uh... This was this was ridiculous, but I read this on the day that I found out that our company was going to have layoffs, which is the first time they had layoffs in mm. ever. And so I was like, "Great, my six one six dies, and my company's falling apart." Mm. So it really it, it was like, "Oh my goodness, a double blow." Now this man, I thought that this the the art is fantastic, but. It's so disjointed and too fast, and there's just so much. It's like this could have been, this could have been infinity. You know, like this could have been eight issues right here. No way. 
What? You don't think so? <laughs> no. This is... It just happened so fast, and there was, like, everyone... Oh, this person died, but it doesn't really matter, and this person died, and... I did not like this issue at all. I didn't think it played to his strengths. I think he was trying to get from point A to point B. He's been writing this epic for however many years, three years, four years now, and this was, like, the final piece before the the next chapter, and it, like... It was so rushed. But I, I feel like this was very reminiscent of old school crossovers and and old school alternate timeline stuff in that the, if the first issue basically just establishes where we're going, there are many different side stories that can come from this, but that's not the point of this issue. The point of this issue is to show you basically... There are people in a life pod. The two universes collide. It's over. Those are like the three things that this issue needed to show you. But when you have 36, 37, 38 pages, there are side stories and other details that you can add, but you don't need to expound upon them. Uh, I agree that that is exactly what this was for, but he incorporated so many characters that it was just stupid. Go back I to mean, the first Secret Wars number one. Have you, did you ever read Secret War? No. Okay. Secret War number one. All the in issue number one, characters from all over are transported, established on Battle World. Uh, a, a ton of stuff happens to just set up what's going on. While there could be, you know, they could flesh out what happened to what. How did the other X Men feel that weren't teleported? What did the New Mutants think? Um, where were the X-Men when this happened? Or And, and that's just for the X-Men. What about Spider-Man and the Avengers and Fantastic Four and the villains? Like There could be a billion side stories, but that isn't the objective of Secret War number one. It was just to show you who the Beyonder is, he's going to play this game, he's going to take the heroes, he's going to take the villains, he's going to take pieces of various places and put it together and make Battle World. That's That's all you really need to know. You don't need to know a billion other things. I mean, there could be limited series, I guess, and side stories, but that's not the objective because we need to get rolling into the story. And I think that's what happened here, too. I, I agree. That is what happened. I just I just think that it couldn't... I don't know. I didn't... I, when I read this, it could have been the mindset I was in, but it was just like... The dialogue seemed off. It seemed like so fast... With everything happening, oh, I gotta, I gotta get this character in because we're gonna have a limited series. I gotta get this character in because we're gonna have a limited series here. Uh, I, I gotta get uh, Cyclops to be with the Phoenix Force. I gotta fit that in somewhere because somebody wants to write about that. Um, you know, I gotta talk about the Punisher, and so he's got to do this. I like, uh, like, there's no reason to put all these characters in here. And then, like, the deaths were, they were meaningless. I think that's the whole point. That's part of it. It's just the setup to show you that it could shock you that Rocket Raccoon dies, but next month when you pick up Secret Wars number two, Rocket Raccoon is, you know, uh, on, a, on a moon, or he's on a, a, a planet nowhere, or, you know, there's a variety of different places that you'll see Rocket Raccoon and Groot and all them. It's like when Age of Apocalypse happened, and the crystalline wave from Imkron came and took over everything. Yeah, everyone died, 
but you knew that the next issue they were going to be back, but it still had to establish that it happened. Yeah. All right. I think I made my point, and I think you made yours. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't look at it that way. Those are right and wrong. Well, what other way would there be? It's my point of view and your point of view. Oh. Is that how we're going to be doing this show from now on? Have we, have, have we always been, like, right and wrong? Well, you're wrong. Well, this is a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. I think, and I'll, I'll end it here, that uh, a lot of the Marvel crossovers lately, like in the past five to ten years, have been what you're describing. And that there's really an, uh, an expansion, uh, there's an expounding upon various little things and you enjoy that, and I'm more so like, let's cut to the chase. This, you know, Axis didn't need to be this long, or you know, original sin or whatever. Like it could have happened a lot faster. And you're more so. No, I like the expounding upon different things and kind of really fleshing it all out. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know how to enjoy a book that you're talking about because you could just tell me in a sense, like I could just read the Wikipedia article afterwards and say, oh, that's cool, that's a cool idea. And But if, if I don't experience the world and the intricacies of it, then, I mean, basically, I didn't need to read that book because you, you could have just told me, yeah, the two worlds collided, there was a life raft, and some people made it, some people didn't made it, and the whole universe was destroyed. There, that was it. I didn't need to read that book. But to but like I feel with this next one, Secret Wars number two, you had to read it to really understand what was going on. Absolutely. But how is that different from any other Marvel crossover number one issue? <clears throat> Infinity, number one. You could have easily told me, uh, yeah, Thanos has got a bunch of bad guys together and uh, he's coming for Earth. They're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but you're still wrong. As long as we're doing it this way. No, I don't think so. Okay, all right, number two. <laughs> yeah, get into that one. <clears throat> all right. Uh, starting, I wrote this one. I wrote this one out. So I'm going to read it. Uh, chip off the old block. Ah, yes. Starting out with a beautiful cover by Alex Ross, Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars number two opens with a newly worthy Thor being introduced into the Universal Police Force of this new world that we see. As one Thor could not pick up the hammer, another one walks up and is proven worthy as he lifts it from its perch. Then, an older Thor, reminiscent of Jason Aaron's run on the character, takes the mentor role and leads the Thor Corps to bow down before their god, whom they have chosen uh, by, who they were chosen by, to keep the peace. And it is a giant mask of Doctor Doom. Hickman then takes us to a brief creation narrative explaining that the universe was created by Doom and he is the god of everything. We next flash to Utopolis where the Moloids have found an artifact and it is a craft of some type and we saw that at the end of Secret Wars number one. At the very end. After that the reader gets the lay out of the politics of this new world by way of a courtroom drama. Baron Sinister has been accused by, is his name Jamie Braddock? Is that who that is? Yeah. Okay, and that is Mastermind, or who? No, is Jamie Braddock is Captain Britain and Psylocke's brother. Right, and isn't he, isn't he crazy? Yes, he's uh, psycho. 
And what is he's not Mastermind? Who is he? No, Mastermind is Jason Weingard. Oh, okay. So this guy, we don't know. He doesn't have a code name? No, he's always been Jamie Braddock, and he can alter reality. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, accused by Jamie Braddock, the Baron of Higher Avalon, of illegally allying himself with the Baron of Utopolis, Hyperion, and Libel. They stand before Dr. Doom and his sheriff, Dr. Strange. Strange conducts the courtroom drama as Doom sits on his throne of the World Tree Yggdrasil. Uh, at this point, the reader gets a nice view of all the other players in the realms. Khonshu, Madeline Pryor, Apocalypse, Shaw, Maestro. Uh, Sinister challenges Brian Braddock to a duel for uh, the charge of insulting the expecting Lady Megan. And Braddock seemingly defeats Sinister by decapitation with ease. But all is not as it seems. Sinister's body comes to life to brutally beat Braddock. And right before delivering the death blow after Sinister reaffixes his head to his body, Doom stops it all and commands everyone to their knees. Before the act is done, Doom wants to know about a little uprising that has been coming to the forefront of the Whispers in his kingdom. Brian claims to know nothing about it, and Doom reacts by commanding his eyes, tongue, hands, and feet to be removed. But Jamie announces that he is the start of the rebellion, and that Brian knew nothing of it. Doom is about to execute judgment of the entire royal family of the Braddocks, but Susan Storm reminds Doom about mercy. Doom installs Brian to rule the kingdom of Higher Avalon instead of his brother, and Jamie is to be sentenced to the shield. As the guilty are being led out, Valeria approaches Strange and lets him know about the vessel that was found in Utopolis. Um, Strange commands quarantine and states that if it is true, then a schism has occurred. We cut to the shield, which is a great wall, 250 feet tall and 16,000 miles long, separating the lands, built by Doom himself. Jamie Braddock is given armor and a weapon. He is given the opportunity by his, the guards, the two Thors from the beginning, to say a few last words. He declares that no man is above reproach and that they are all subject to the whims and mercy of God. In finality, he states, speaking to the young Thor, that when they come to tear you down, don't let them drag you. You jump. And with that, he jumps down to the other side of the wall with sword drawn. What we see next is the emerging shadows of the Marvel zombies. Braddock slices through as many as he can, but the panels fade to other evils beyond the shield, uh, to the Annihilation Wave, and to the Ultron AI that the shield holds at bay. The two Thors are then commanded to examine the unearthed craft from the beginning of the book, uh, that quarantine, uh, and quarantine is in effect, and the reason for this quarantine is to keep believers from experiencing doubt. They are trying to avoid a schism and the loss of believers. Because of this, no one is to see or touch the artifact, but of course, a moloid cannot abstain, which results in the vessel opening up. The older Thor is then killed with a spear and an axe. Uh, before he dies, he yells to the young Thor to flee and alert the others, and then he is killed with a javelin through the head. From the open vessel comes out Thanos and his cabal. Thanos and Reed Richards from the 1610. Uh, they demand to know where they are, and the Moloid says the highborn call it Latverian, the believers call it God's kingdom, but the common folk call it Battleworld. So I I truly enjoyed this issue. 
I loved seeing how, like, kind of the amalgamation of everything. It, it was more than just a what-if story to me. It was like, okay, if we had to shuffle up the entire um, etch-a-sketch of the Marvel Universe or multiverse, how would it all fit together? What makes sense? Who are the power players? Um, who are the police? What's the social architecture of what's going on here? Um, I thought it was awesome. I thought it incorporated a whole lot. It it made me think of uh, Earth-X, actually. Hmm. You loved Earth-X. I did. I enjoyed me some Earth-X. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I thought it was... Because a lot of the previews of the books that are coming out, I'm not excited about. Um, but this issue just gave me bits and pieces and tastes of various different places that got me excited about the world and you know how the shield interacts to keep the Ultrons and the zombies at bay and uh, how the barons of each place interact with each other and uh, even stuff like Bar Sinister. Uh, I never would have thought that the big secret wars, you know, whatever's going to change Marvel forever, is going to have characters like Mr. Sinister and Jamie Braddock in the in the second issue as establishing Battleworld. Never, ever would have thought that. So I think that's really cool when they, they get some of those characters other than Iron Man and Captain America to be some focal points at times, you know? Yeah, I agree, definitely. It, it seems like he really took a careful look at this and said, okay... Here's the list of characters I have to choose from. Who fits this? Who's the most powerful? You know. Yeah. And I have to agree with you. This actually made me excited. I'm going to pick up more books now to figure out how they all fit in. At least start reading them um, to see what this is all about. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to pick up a couple more. Not all of them, but I'm going to pick up a couple more than what I was planning on. Because just these little clues and stuff are, you know, showing me more than a cover with a summary that sounds dreadful. You know, now I'm seeing it a little bit in play. I'll give, you know, the first issue a go. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was so excited. I was so pumped when I read this. And then, um, and then I read the free comic book day, all new, all different Avengers. And it just tore me down. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for letting me do that one. <laughs> but I will say, the art is just gorgeous. Holy cow. On, on this one by Asad Rubik? Yeah, it's just it's beautiful. It is really good. It's uh, Did you read any of that Jason Aaron Thor, the first 13 issues? No, uh-uh. Uh, he did them, and it was it is magical. Yeah, he said that he works extremely slow. So he has to, you know, work ahead to get everything done. So I wonder how long he's been working on Secret Wars. That's a good question. Yeah, I don't know. I think, too, I think the big thing, like, when I saw Thanos come out of that ship, I just was not expecting that at all. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, that kind of caught me by surprise, too. I should have known it, but it did catch me by surprise. Yeah, I thought Mr. Fantastic would be holding his fingers and, and come out, you know. So, right. Like, you know, well, where where are those people? I don't know, but Sue is next to the throne, and she's the one that supposedly died. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's this Sue. I mean, I don't think it's the 616 Sue. Oh, I assumed I assumed all these characters were the 616 people. 
but you might be right. Yeah, well, I mean, I there's multiple Thors, so that tells you right there there's a, there's more than just the six one six Thor. Yep, that's true. That's true. I thought it was cool to see Apocalypse. Yeah, there were definitely some nods in there of of characters that we haven't seen much of. And I love me some good apocalypse. Not bad apocalypse. I like me some good, well-written, scary, maniacal apocalypse. I thought it was weird that Kanshu was a girl, and I can't... That might be because right now, in the Moon Knight series, a girl has Kanshu. I don't know. I can't remember. But, you know, there's a little... It's, it's these type of things that when you read this standalone... I can't decide whether or not it's a good thing to have whatever status quo... Like in, like in Infinity, when Spider-Man was Superior Spider-Man, everybody was like, what is with this guy? But if you read that as a standalone, you're going to be like, "What? who is this? What is going on with Spider-Man? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And I think it takes away from the story. And you're relating that to who? The Khonshu thing? Well, in general, um, there was another one in here. I can't remember um, what it was. I think this whole series, you're just going to have to dis, you know, suspend your belief in the 616 characters that you knew because you know, there are multiple versions of the same character throughout Battleworld. And this is a totally different universe with Doom saying he's God, you know? So it's, yeah. there's going to be a lot of differences, and you're going to have to suspend a lot of your, your preconceived notions about how your characters that you love act. Yeah, that's true. It makes me wonder, though, you know when D- Doom went up against the Beyonders in at the end or beginning of uh, number one? Mm-hmm. It makes me wonder um, if he won somehow, or if he lost, and this is them putting it to the test. Hmm. Maybe you just figured out Secret Wars. Oh, I doubt it, dude. <laughs> this next cover—did you see the uh, the the art, the upcoming art for this next cover? Yeah, dude. Maximus the Mad looks amazing. <laughs> it looks like a picture, man. The, I'm telling you, the 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 paintings by Alex Ross, even the alternate covers that people have been putting in from the Scotty Young variants to to all of them. They've just been top notch. I haven't seen those yet. Oh, they're great. Oh, I know the other one was Thor being a girl here. So. Yeah, what do you think about that? Jane Foster. Fail. Yeah. Uh, I I guess I was was really upset too because it was spoiled before like the New York Times published it on Tuesday and some Facebook page that I follow decided to not tell us it's a spoiler and post it as their status. So that was, I think that kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth because I couldn't figure it out on my own. But also, too, right. Jane Foster. What was she doing on the moon that she just picked up a hammer? I don't know. Did you read it? Did it explain it? I didn't read it. I didn't read it. I didn't yet read either. it because it was already told to me. It went, Automatically, Thor number eight went to the bottom of the read pile. <laughs> it was at the top. It was it was like I wanted to read Secret Wars, I wanted to read Storm, I wanted to read Magneto and Thor. But when you know what's going to happen, what's the point? Yeah. 
right, let's do. Uh, let's you do... didn't tell me what you thought about it. About Jane Foster? Yeah. I got to read it. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense because the last time I saw her was in number 13 and she had cancer. And she said, I don't want any kind of help. I'm going to deal with this on my own. I don't want Thor, you to go to the ends of the universe to find a cure for this. I'm not going to do it. So, and I read the first three or four issues of Thor when she became a girl and it's just, it didn't grab me. It It wasn't good. I really like how Jason Aaron deals with like Thor, Odinson, you know? Like, he mm-hmm. does a good job writing that character. Well, it's not the same character, so, you know, if the main character of the book that I like isn't in the book anymore, why would I continue reading it? <laughs> yeah. But sales, it got sales, and we've got to... That's a whole other thing. Let's not go there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so they all knew all different Avengers. You ready for that? I am ready. Okay, I've got a really, really super long review. I know that you do. All right. The debut of the first story set after Secret Wars finishes up. Ms. Marvel, Nova, and Ultimate Spider-Man are now Avengers, along with female Thor, Cap Falcon, a possibly new Iron Man, and a somewhat movieized Vision. They gather to battle Radioactive Man and a radioactive dragon that gets away. Sounds like Cap Falcon and Steve Rogers have been fighting, and the Avengers no longer have access to Tony Stark's money. Whether that means someone new is in the suit or not is anyone's guess. That's what I got. Well done. So after after yeah. reading this, I was like, "Oh my goodness, no! This isn't the new status quo." <laughs> I was. I was definitely sad for myself as a fan because this is definitely not my Avengers. I don't like recognize anybody on this team. But I took my nephews, who are six and eight, to free comic book day with me. And this is one of the books that was in the kids' packs that they got. So I wanted to kind of gauge their reactions. And they opened up the book and they were just like, they said, why is Thor a girl? Who is wearing Captain America's outfit? Why does Spider-Man have a black costume, black and red costume? And they were just like, who are these people? They were, they just thought it was the silliest thing. I'm using silly in the word of stupid. The silliest thing that Steve Rogers wasn't Captain America and that Thor was a chick. They just thought that was crazy. And they don't know this Spider-Man. They were totally not happy (laughs) about it they thought it was just silly wow i thought you were going to tell me the exact opposite like they really thought it was cool and everybody looked awesome no i mean i've been raising them right i've been raising them on the 616 and i buy them spider-man and thor and hulk toys like they've got a ton of stuff if it comes out and it's appropriate for kids uncle jared is buying it for them and (laughs) when they get comics they flip out because they get one comic when it's their birthday and when they come over to the house, I let them pick a comic book out from an approved stack of books that I don't really need. And <laughs> they will memorize them word for word and quote them back to me. It's, it's, it's like the kids have never had air or water before. They are just entrenched in them, and they read them over and over again. And um, then I'll see them the next time, and I'll say, 
Um, you know, on page eight of X Men animated series number seven, why did Juggernaut do this? And I'm like, how, how do you know this? What, what in the world? So they were so excited to get these books, and then the disappointment that I heard in their voice because it wasn't their characters that they were excited to see. It's like, oh, so I had to give them some more books because I just felt bad that they were they were let down by these characters. You know, it's crazy that this is the first time in a long, long time we've seen. Iron Man in red and yellow. Mm-hmm. And he's like the only guy who is back to the status quo, which is a change for him. So all of them have changed. Well, they're saying that that's not even Tony Stark. Oh, really? Do you think that's reflective of how the the movie shift? I don't know. Because, I mean, he's still... Iron Man is still Tony Stark in the movies, but if you if you read... Iron Man's dialogue, it isn't very witty or sarcastic. They say the Avengers don't have access to Tony Stark's money anymore, almost as like he's not currently there with them. So and if even his iron his suit is a much thinner frame. Yeah, I noticed that too. So I don't know, I just want my Avengers back. <laughs> yeah, this is you know, it makes you wonder if Mark Wade is going to rise to the challenge. He's not a bad writer. But he it's didn't just, get the do you like group. No, I, he's not a bad writer. It's just the, the the question is always: Do you does the person like the subject matter? You know, of what he's writing about. Well, he didn't get to pick the roster. That was a Marvel editorial thing. Yeah. So he didn't even get to pick. You know who he thought would be. The Avengers. And I know this might be stepping on toes and stuff, but I guess that's what we do here best at M6P. Is <laughs> It seemed to me, like looking at this team, it almost is like someone had a diversity checklist and they had a list of things they had to make sure that was checked off. And then that's how they put the team together. It's possible. In, I think in the strictest sense of the word diversity, as in... This is a very diverse group. But when I read it, I didn't get the feeling that it was it w- was heavy-handed, which is odd coming from me because I know that I always say that. But I didn't get the feeling that this was heavy-handed. I just I thought this was a fun team. I, it just didn't seem like the main Avengers team, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, you got two girls and... Presumably four guys and a and a android. Um, you got some kids, you know, because I mean, Miles Morales and Kamala and whoever is uh, what's his name, Sam. I mean, are yeah. really young, really young. Yeah. And they're on the Avengers. <laughs> I mean, that's like you know you're gonna put your life on the line all the time. That's like, didn't they have a schism about that? Didn't the X Men? Really have a schism about kids fighting. They're still fighting about it years later. Right, and here we are with like a bunch of fifteen-year-olds. I mean, I think that uh, Miles is thirteen, isn't he? He's younger than. I don't read that Ultimate stuff. I also think it's sad that Bendis worked so hard to bring him into the to the six one six or whatever this universe is going to be, and now he doesn't even get to write him. Now Wade is writing him. Well, we don't know what Bendis is writing after X-Men. Does X-Men end 
at Secret War? Well, that's one of the things we're going to talk about in current events, which is a that's a good segue if you're done with this issue. Uh, I certainly am. Are we doing Are we doing some State of the Union? Um, maybe just real quick. All right, do it. I won't play a bumper. Go for it, man. Uh, yesterday it was announced that Uncanny X-Men number 600 will now be released after Secret Wars as opposed to next month. Huh. Bendis said it is already written, it is drawn, but editorial decided to hold it. So that makes everyone freak out and question why. Why are they not wrapping up the story before Secret Wars or, you know, by issue two of Secret Wars and waiting until the whole event is done? What happens in Uncanny 600? Yeah, that's really strange. Do you think it would take the focus away from Secret Wars and so they don't want to do it? Uh, Some are saying that. that, I mean, there's a variety of different conspiracy theories. Uh, I really don't. I can't subscribe to any anyone right now. I don't think I have enough information to to guess. So issue five hundred, that's where they moved to San Francisco. Right? Yeah. Okay. That sucked. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was also announced yesterday at the Marvel Universe after Secret Wars when it starts up, eight months will have taken place. So all the books will start eight months after Secret Wars has finished. Interesting. Does that mean Secret Wars? Is eight months long or no? No, Secret Wars, like when all the books pick up in October, it will be eight months after Secret Wars has happened. It's like there's an eight month gap. Right. Okay. I was just thinking because it was eight issues, I didn't know if there was a correlation like, all right, Secret Wars took it exactly eight months. Okay. No, I don't, I haven't, they haven't said anything like that. Um, we know that Maestro, Weird World, and A-Force will be staying around after Secret Wars. <laughs> Maestro, like A-Force the team or the, or the title? They just said A-Force, so I'm assuming okay. probably both. <clears throat> All right. Um, pictures from Captain America 3, the set, have leaked, and uh, we get to see our first picture of Crossbones. That was pretty cool. You'll be proud to know that I saw that on our webpage. Look at you. That's awesome, man. I know. I know. I'm right there. Uh, We've also, it's not been confirmed by Marvel, but we've been told that Asa Butterfield will be playing Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is that good or bad? I don't know. I, he was the main star of Ender's Game, but I've not seen Ender's Game. No, me neither. No. Uh, new- I don't know who this buttermilk guy is, but <laughs> he has my seal of approval. Uh, new Mutants, a spinoff for New Mutants at Fox is in the works, and the director t- took a picture of his comic book collection, and it blows my mind how much X-Men stuff he has. So hopefully he'll be very true to the books. Interesting. I, I like that cast of characters. But you wonder, is it New Mutants, you know, Warlock, Cypher, Wolfsbane, or is it New Mutants like Morph, Random, and Jubilee? <laughs> you know? It better not be Morph, Random, and Jubilee. <laughs> I want to see some uh, Cannonball and Sunspot. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Oh, uh, Agent Carter has been renewed for a second season, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been renewed for a third season. Makes sense. 
We have a new poll on our website. After Hulk, and not including the cosmic characters, who is the strongest Marvel Universe character? Well, Hulk says he's the strongest one there is, so after him? After Hulk, and not including the cosmic boys and girls. Oh, you know what? It's a good thing you repeated that, because my head was going right to Galactus or the Celestials. Do you have a Do you have a guess, a thought, a, a vote? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm trying to think of a loophole who would be like obvious. A lot of people are voting for Thor. I think he's winning right now. Is Juggernaut on the list? He is. Juggernaut, Rhino, Thor, Colossus, Thing, She-Hulk. Uh, we have a strong guy. We've got like the Red Hulk. Out of those, I would say probably Juggernaut or, or Thor. Good choice. You should go to our website and vote, Andy. I might do I might do that. I might exercise my civil right here in the political. I was listening to uh, a clip of uh, President Obama, and he said what the body politic needs to realize. And I was like, oh, he's talking about us. Oh, got a shout out. Yeah. He's a big fan. Fantastic. And then yep. lastly, a little bit of housekeeping. John Derman, one of our head writers, is getting married this weekend. So we at the Body Politic wanted to congratulate John Derman as he gets married. And uh, he has more of a Star Wars themed wedding than a Marvel wedding. But that's okay because Marvel owns them too. <laughs> congratulations, John. Yes, big congratulations. That's exciting. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, you want to hit the Tino Awards? The Tino Awards. The Tino Awards. All right, by special request, the most important part of the show, arguably the best, the Tina Turner Awards. That's right. This is the part of the show, we haven't done this in a while, but where we pick out awards, Tina Turner songs. And we uh, kind of correlate them to things going on in the Marvel Universe. And why not? It just makes sense. It does. So, uh, you want to go first or me? Go ahead. Oh, that's a Tina song. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I'm going to go with Paradise Is Here. What you think, man? Mm, good song. Love to sing it in the shower. All right. <laughs> Paradise is here. I'm going to say that has to do with Secret Wars. Um, No. Oh. Oh, would that be Hawkeye from Age of Ultron? Uh, it's from Age of Ultron, but not... From, I thought this would be easier, but no, not Hawkeye. Is this... The god complex that Ultron has. It's uh, it's well, everything's okay now because the Vision is here. Uh, He's gonna take care of us all. You know what? In church, we were singing the hymn "Be Thou My Vision." You weren't singing and, uh, Paradise is here. It was. 
What? You weren't singing Paradise is Here? <laughs> no, we were singing the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, and Vision was capitalized because it's in the song it's supposed to be a synonym for Jesus. Mm. And I was like, I leaned over to Jackie, I was like, the Christ character in Age of Ultron was called Vision. <laughs> and she just rolled her eyes at me. I was, I was waiting for that response. <laughs> we have a loving relationship, she and I. Well, at least she didn't smack you or say, you wait till we get home. <laughs> well, I mean, she couldn't kiss me in church. I had to wait. What? You don't kiss in church? Not. No, uh-uh. No. Oh. There's one lady that always gives me the kiss on the cheek, but I'm, I'm trying to. What? Try, trying to taper that down. Other ladies kiss you at church, but not your wife? <laughs> One other, well, two other ladies give the whole kiss hello thing. Whoa. I don't do that. Now, what denomination is this? What? What denomination church do you go to? It's just a Bible church. Just a a Bible. (laughs) I don't understand what you're, what, what, do people kiss you hello at church? No. Yeah, see, I don't like that. I'm not, I'm not down with that. Oh, there's only one, my, my wife kisses me. And my grandma kisses me. I'm talking about kissing on the cheek. Somebody says hello and mwah. That's like hoity-toity New York, L.A. I don't think that you're using that word correctly, hoity-toity. <laughs> it's a nice old lady. She's like like 75. Mm, you better watch it. Jackie better have her take her blinders off. Watch for this lady. <laughs> She's coming for your rabbit farm. I <laughs> You know, so there's youth group kids that listen to this. They're going to know exactly who I'm talking about. Oh, Ira. <laughs> it's not. It's Miss I, Doris. Oh, Doris, too. But you better watch for Ira. Because <laughs> you said there are two of them. I'm not going to say the other one. Go on. Linda. Okay. My song is One of the Living. I do like that song, One of the Living. Uh, is it Secret War number two? No. Okay. Is it... Is it... Uh, Free Comic Book Day Avengers? No. Oh, goodness gracious. Is it Secret War number one? Yeah. Is it the people in the life raft? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, All only right. a couple people were... One of the living, just a couple of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my second one is Thief of Heart. I'm a thief of heart, a burglar in the night. Before they do work in there, I was out of sight. And I'm thief of heart, now I'm paying for my crimes. Cause now you know that stolen mine. Good song. song makes me laugh. It uh, makes you laugh? Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's fantastic. I miss doing the Dino Awards. We need to do them more often. Amen, brother. <laughs> but now I'm I'm totally stumped. Because the Thief of Hearts thing, I was thinking I was thinking Age of Ultron. Yes. 
Uh, I was thinking more so like Black Widow Hulk relationship, but we didn't talk about that. No, we didn't. I made sure we talked about this. Okay, so uh, Thief of Hearts with Age of Ultron then. Um, is it Black Widow? No. Is it Hawkeye? No. Dr. Cho? <laughs> no. Oh, oh, it's when Scarlet Witch took out Ultron's heart. Yes, who stole whose heart? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking more romantic as opposed to stealing a robot's battery. It's more like that <laughs> he lives in you type of thing. Gotcha. That would have been a good one, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be one of my favorites because the picture and everything went with the episode. <laughs> or Nightcrawler and Bastion. Oh, perhaps. We'll have to make sure that when you post this that you link to that, that podcast so people know what we're talking about. Okay, I'll try to do that. They can listen to the podcast recorded on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, funny how time slips away. Kind of got a gospel feel to it, right? Yeah, that was from her her first solo album in the seventies after Ike. It was definitely has a seventies sound. It's a bit dated. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know. You're lucky. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say it, it doesn't have to do with the eight month gap after Secret Wars. No. Is it because we're going on two hours now and we didn't realize? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is it Age of Ultron? No. <laughs> okay, good. Because I would have no idea if it was. Secret War number two. No. My goodness. No, what? What? Time runs out, right? Time runs out because in Secret Wars number one, it's done. Yeah, okay. Alright. So it's when time... It's the whole time runs out crossover thing leading to Secret Wars? Well, yeah, because time has slipped away. Like, we're at the end of time. No, it makes sense. No, you're you're right. I'm just done. You got one more? (laughs) I was waiting for you to either say yes or no. (laughs) Oh, did you say a question? I said, oh, no, you're right. I'm dumb. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Oh, okay. Never mind. It, the, time is, the time to, to contradict me about my wits is past. All right. <laughs> I, I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. Okay. That's a good one. I don't think we've used it that much. No, and that's very applicable to many, many of our episodes. <laughs> we don't want to lose any more likes on Facebook. We don't want to lose sponsors. Okay. Uh, I don't want to lose you. That could be a billion different things. Holy cow. Um, I'm going to guess that it is the last page of Secret Wars number one. 
You are correct. Six six First five. guess. Well done. Yes. Because that was very true. I don't want to lose you. And combined with you know the, the layoffs at work, I know last Wednesday had to be a bit rough. It was very rough. My best friend here got laid off, and that was that was tough, man. Mm. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Uh, your last one. What is it? Overnight sensation. This the all new, all different Avengers. Yes. Okay, so it's these characters that now are incorporated are the main characters now of the Marvel universe, but they were just pretty much introduced recently. Yeah, it it is now because I totally forgot to make the point when we were talking about this issue. So that's what it is now. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I was gonna talk. I wanted to talk about Ms. Marvel a little bit and how we're being told that she's popular and everyone loves her and she's an overnight sensation. But when I look at her sales figure, she's not. So I feel like it's just kind of being pushed, pushed at me. Do you think that they're, they're, they're doing that strategically to just hold on guys. You, you really do like her. You do like her. Hold on. Let, let us give her to somebody who can do well. Mark Wade. Oh no, no, because she's, because I think Marvel sounds like they're really happy with the the creative cast on her book right now. But I think she's more than likely we're going to see her in a movie in the next two or three years. Oh, okay. I think she's going to be one of the main Inhumans. She's an extremely diverse character from being a teenager to a character of color and a character that is a Muslim. You know, so she's really hit that diversity checklist very quickly. And she's a girl. There you go. I mean, come on. So, I mean, I see what Marvel Only 49% of the world's population are girls. That's a minority. <laughs> but when you look at the sales figures, there are 34 other books that outsell hers. And yet So she's a minority there, too. <laughs> oh, Andy. She's not in the majority of books being sold. <laughs> she's just not as popular as Marvel is telling us she is. That's that. I think the so. same goes for Cap Falcon and Woman Thor and and symbiote Tony too. But when you when you changed and it said you know that overnight sensation could really be for all these new characters on the Avengers that fits too. Yeah, it does. I mean, I would I would say that Miles Morales really has a strong fan base. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe that's because I'm one of them i don't know i just don't think he does i think it is a vocal minority that that has been uplifting him because i feel like if he was big in the comic book community not the pc community but the comic book community that his book would be much higher than what it is it wouldn't be in the bottom rung ultimate spider-man's at the bottom well i mean it's not the the least selling but it's like mid to low it's definitely not up there in in the top 20, top 30. Hmm. Well, I guess that makes sense. No, I, I, I genuinely think his character is compelling. I genuinely don't think Kamala Khan is compelling. 
Well, and there's definitely a difference between compelling and popular. Because there are a lot of compelling characters that aren't necessarily popular. And a lot of popular characters that aren't compelling. That's, uh, that's true. Yep, you're right. You're right. All right, well, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of Marvel 616 Politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com, and follow us on Twitter at 616politics. Look us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. Look us up on Instagram and YouTube. Our handle is marvel616politics. And you can also give us a call, leave us a message with any comments you have about this podcast or an upcoming podcast or questions about life in general at 616-755-TINA. We're sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, the best place on the web to get all your comic books at 40% off. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, crpsavings.com. For a very low lifetime price, you can get a discount membership for all of your purchases through Office Depot. Lastly, we're sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions, michaelwebbsolutions.com. If you want your business to succeed and get your name out there, definitely look up michaelwebbsolutions.com. Um, I wanted to read, uh, we did get an email, a feedback from last, uh, from last episode. Do you mind if I read that? Oh boy, I'm totally not prepared. Okay, all right. It's all right. Let's see. Have I heard this email? Have I heard this email? Come on. I look like a schlum eagle. Is this Kevin's? Yes, Kevin's. One of our other head writers. <laughs> yeah, so he emailed us about, um, actually, we talked a lot last time about um, Bobby Drake coming out. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read what McVicker, Kevin McVicker said. And this is him talking. So I think we all know that I fundamentally probably have a different viewpoint on the subject of homosexuality than you guys, since I have a fundamentally different viewpoint on Christianity than you guys. But hey, we're still friends, or as it turns out, acquaintance, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know what that was about, but okay. We mentioned that last podcast, how I have more acquaintances than friends. (laughs) Oh. Okay, this is him again. But I think you hit the nail perfectly on the head in your commentary on the coming out issue of all new X-Men. And it's a problem I've had with a lot of comics and even in other mediums or of entertainment. It's the idea of tokenism. You got to have one black guy or you got to have one homosexual, but why? I understand diversifying the character lineup to make sure everyone has a comic they can read. I also understand that comics are basically soap operas, so romance and sexuality will eventually play into the stories because it can't always be Hulk smash 22 pages for 600 issues. Although, a 13,000-page comic with just Hulk beating things up would be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, diversifying and int- so diversify and introduce interesting and varied characters because we live in a diverse and interesting world. What is occurring now, instead of creating a diversified landscape of characters, feels more akin to the black exploitation that's in quotes, movies of the 70s. They're just trying too hard to attract an audience, and it feels a little manipulative in order to sell issues. The one caveat as a reader, though, is the fact that maybe it isn't just to sell comics. Could it be that the writer is actually trying to create a more diverse lineup on a team in order to create a more inclusive reading experience for his fans? Or was this an edict from editorial to diversify the lineup 
to expand readership so that they can sell more copies. As a reader, as a reader, am I just irritated because they're playing with what I consider my toys because I've invested so much time and money into these characters? Those are the real questions to which I wrote an article on last uh, on late last year and a friend would have published, but I guess we know now why it wasn't published, Jared. Uh, love you guys, Andy and my non-friend Jared, the real friend would get sarcasm, uh, Kevin McVicker, uh, P.S., U.S. Agent is an awful character, even when Steve, Steve Rogers wore the costume, I don't care how much the body politic hates me, hates me over that stance. I wrote him back, and I said, uh, thank you for writing to us, um, a lot of times we tend to tiptoe around the issue because it is a hotbed of social unrest. There are a lot of very adamant people on both sides of this. We strive to stand firm in our beliefs while being kind and loving to everyone about this, even though I rag on other people all the time about other things. Uh, We are also sometimes afraid that we will be misunderstood by people on both sides of the issue and then have a major backlash from either side. All this to say, thank you for your email. It is extremely refreshing to have someone say, I disagree with you, but we're still cool. Do you mind if we read the email on the next show? And he wrote back and he said, yeah, go for it. So I just wanted to share with that. He, br- he brings up a lot of good points. You know, um, I think the major point that Kevin talks about is that it could be editorial to sell more books and, you know, exploiting any character like that, any demographic that is embodied in a character just for the sake of money, I think we can all agree is bad. Um, but... It may be a writer who looks around and says, I want to diversify this team. I want to explore and mirror the true social issues they're going on today and really look at them and say, let's work it out in this fictional world so that maybe we can represent and bring an example to the real world of how to overcome this tension or get along. And to that I say, you know, if in the words of Kevin Smith, if Cat can bring a good message into... Uh, a story, then more power to him, you know? So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Um, I think I think it's a worthy cause. Uh, I think that's why we have a lot of these fictional mediums to work out social issues in a, in a fictional stage to, to tell a message. Um, and so I do like that. Um, obviously, me and most other people, we would love it if the message was what our message, what our preference would be, but uh, I, I really do embrace the the um, the freedom of speech aspect. And like I said, I, I enjoyed watching the movie of uh, Age of Ultron, even though I disagreed with how it was presented and the themes and everything. And I still enjoyed the Bendis comic, even though I disagreed with stuff there. So, any comments on um, that email? I just think it really, I, I mean, I really enjoy the email because it just shows that you don't have to agree on every social and political issue and still, and you can still be friends. You know, tolerance doesn't mean you have to accept and agree and believe everything I do because that's really the definition of intolerance. It's not what tolerance means. Um, and so I think our, you know, my friendship with Kevin, I value my friendship with Kevin. It's more than an acquaintance. Um, and we've, uh, and we disagree on things, 
but we can still build a friendship and we can still move along. And uh, we don't let something like silly, like a, a disagreement, um, uh, affect our friendship. You know, I, I think I'm, I've got my point across, but I feel like that in the, in the news and the media and with just friendships in general, it's been portrayed that you have to agree with every single thing that I believe or you're judging me and you're not tolerant. And that's just not true. So I think it's a, it's just a kind of, uh, proving, you know, spitting in the face of all those intolerant people telling me that they're tolerant. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I would like to point out that you and I disagree. I mean, yeah, we disagree a lot on comic books and what our preferences, but there are a lot of things that you and I disagree on, um, even even within the the realm of Christianity and the Bible, and we've talked about it, and eventually we've gotten to the point where we say, you know what, we just don't believe the same thing, or we just don't agree on this, yeah. and you know we're still friends, and we we just know that about each other, and so you know you take that into consideration, and you just say, yeah, that's how Jared is, or yeah, that's how Andy is, and um, that's what makes him who he is and unique. So, yeah, how boring is it to? Be with somebody that agrees on every single thing, you know? Tell me about it. Come on, Jackie. No, I'm just... <laughs> uh, you said it. I was thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> no. We disagree quite a lot. All right, so if that's it... That's it. All right, until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. <laughs> And it looks like it's now, I guess. So, Andy. <laughs> Andy. It had. It's, is that bad? Andy. Oh, my gosh. You need to edit that out. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, minute 30. <laughs> Not a minute 30. We're at minute 30. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, all right.